the doctor. Okay, got it. Let's see here. Hi, everyone. Welcome. Um, I'm Nancy Zenis, Dr. Nancy Zenis. I'm the OD doctor, and we're starting a series of podcasts for all of you. And we're really excited today to have one of our dear colleagues, Michael Sabag, who's worked with us for many years. And he's a foremost expert in the field of organization development with over 30 years of experience. And he's working on a fabulous new concept for the organization he's working with. And he is going to tell you about it today. So Michael, welcome and take it away. Thank you. Thanks so much, Nancy. Um, I wasn't sure if you wanted to wait till noon so that everyone can get on, or if you want to just uh, take the ball and run with it now. Yeah, it said the podcast was going, so I think we should we should begin. Okay, let's go. So um, one of the things that I've been working on here is what we're calling a capability model. So we actually started off, I started off about three years ago, looking at developing a competency model for our organization so that we had an infrastructure that said, this is what makes a great leader here at Broward Health. Broward Health is the organization where I am. I'm the director of organizational development here. And so in starting to do some research as to what competencies really determine exemplary performance for leaders, I started getting a little bit dissatisfied with competencies. And what I mean by that is even though I've built many competency models in the past, what I really wanted to do was take a look at what is what, what competencies are directly tied to business success. And so we came up with the term capability. And it's not really a new term. I'm sure that you've heard of it before. But a capability really answers the question when we're thinking about leaders. What does a leader need to be able to do in order for Broward Health, in our case, to be successful. So anything that we say, this is a capability that's really needed for our leaders, and it's a really small number. It's four capabilities that we came up with in our model. Um, it's tied directly to business outcomes. It's tied to our balanced scorecard, and it's tied to the strategic initiatives that we have here at Broward Health. I felt that that way, we were developing things that really matter to the organization, but then are also aligned with best practices in terms of what leaders need to be able to do. So one of the things I wanted to go over today is how I went about developing that, that model. And then the other thing is I can show you a sneak peek of what that looks like if I'm able to share my screen a little bit later. So where would you like to start, Nancy? You're muted. I muted myself so I wouldn't there wouldn't be any distraction. Um I'm excited. I mean it sounds I well, I think you should start right at the very beginning and so that we have a you know we have a, a, some information on a step by step process. Sure. So the beginning um when I first started thinking, you know, competencies are insufficient to describe what I want because competencies really describe the knowledge, skills and abilities that need people need to have as opposed to um, a capability, which is a little bit nuanced in terms of it's more directly tied to the outcomes people need to achieve. So when I first started researching this, I, I wanted to see what's out there. What does the research say 
is needed by leaders in order to be at that exemplary level. And in looking over the literature, I saw a lot of research in terms of these are the competencies that matter, but I didn't see anything around capabilities. And the competencies that they listed were more around, around skills as opposed to business outcomes that leaders need to be able to achieve. And so then I found um, that there were just a few organizations that use capabilities. One is ATD, the Association for Talent Development, but they use capabilities more as kind of like a bucket for competencies instead of tying those directly to outcomes that people in um, our profession in training and development uh, need to have. There is a healthcare organization in New Zealand that uses a capability model, very similar to what I'm doing. And then there's also another organization in Canada that uses capabilities. But I didn't find any other organizations really doing this. So either I, I at the time I thought either I'm onto something that no one's really researched yet, or I'm like completely missing the mark. So I continued to do some research and found an article, a great article, research evidence-based article of over a thousand organizations. And what they did was they identified the capabilities, the same way that I define them, the capabilities that leaders need to be successful. And they, in their article, also distinguished between a capability versus a competency. So having that research behind me, then I went and I did some focus groups. I did one with each of our regions. We have five regions here at Broward Health. So one region is our corporate slash ambulatory region. So I met with the leaders of that region and uh, the re regions, the other four regions are each of our four hospitals. I met with the senior leadership team of each of those regions. We had a two hour focus group where we started thinking about the business. What are our strengths and what are our opportunities moving forward? And where is the market going? And what would what do we need to do as an organization to be successful? And then that culminated in what do leaders need to be able to do in order for Broward Health to be successful in the future? So another thing that I wanted to make sure that the leaders understood is that the model we're developing is aspirational meaning it's not something that exists today. It's more something that we're looking that leaders develop and evolve into in the future. So it's a purely developmental model. It's not something that we're gonna say, if you don't have this capability, you need to develop it or you're gonna be fired. It's not about performance. It's about developing their ability to perform. Performance is more related to what are the, the outcomes that they're achieving and how are they achieving those outcomes? So once I had the focus groups at each of the regions, I aggregated all of the data and I looked at the frequency of each of the, each of the capabilities that they listed. I looked at other information such as, were these really capabilities or were they competencies or were they traits? What were the leaders of each of the regions looking at, which helped us gain an insight into our leaders almost like a mini needs assessment of where are they now in terms of their, their maturity upon the leadership continuum and um, our needs to develop their specific capabilities as well. So 
Then what I did was besides looking at the frequency of each of the capabilities, I assigned a theme and the theme was one of the eight capabilities from Deloitte study. Then I could see which of these capabilities are showing up most across our regions. And based upon that, I came up with four capabilities. Um, once I had those capabilities, then I took a look at the research of each one of those capabilities and looked at the construct. What is this? How is it defined in the literature and the research that's out there on each one of the specific capabilities? I defined each capability so that our leaders can understand what are we talking about when we're showing this? And then I went through and took a look at each capability and said, these are the competencies that behaviorally define each one of the capabilities. So um, once I had the list of competencies for each one, now we're actually in the process of doing a few things. So we've defined each one of the competencies at the exemplary level, meaning if, for example, building trust in the workplace, if leaders need to be able to do that, and that's one of the competencies they need to develop, then what does that look like at the exemplary level? And then how do we really define that in behavioral terms? So what does that specifically mean in terms of behaviors? Another thing that we've done is created an assessment. And the assessment's really simple. It's this is the competency and this is a definition. How would you rate yourself or this leader that you're rating on a scale of one to six? So we really have three main levels of proficiency. The first level is kind of like, you kind of think of it as beginner, intermediate, advanced. The beginner level is, I've never done this before, which is a one rating of one, or a two, which is, I've done this, but I'm not really good at it. The intermediate would be a rating of three or four. A three level would be, yeah, I do this and I'm starting to get good at it, but I'm not always up to the standard for this competency. And then um, a four is I'm almost always meeting the standard for this competency. And then the expert level is five or six, which means I'm always meeting and sometimes exceeding. Or a six is every time I do this, I exceed the standard, I'm best in class. And once they go through and rate each of the competencies, then we create a report that says, this is the average for each capability. And then within each capability, this is the average for each competency. And all that's meant to do is to direct their focus on where they want to develop. So first, which capability would be most important and impactful to develop? And then within that capability, which competency do I focus on first? So as we build out the competencies, we're also realigning our curriculum with that. So the curriculum is going to be realigned to say that at level 100 level of the curriculum, it's basically the foundational part of, of that competency. So uh, for maybe communication is one of the skills. I need to be able to communicate effectively as a leader. How do I communicate effectively? That's level 100. It's the mechanics of what makes communication effective. Level 200 of the curriculum is now that I've mastered the foundational part of it, those mechanics, then how do I apply that information to other types of situations? So level 200 would be now that I can communicate effectively, how do I communicate effectively when there's conflict 
Or how do I communicate effectively when I'm recognizing someone at a team meeting? And I have to be aware of what their preferences are as well as how to communicate effectively. So that's the second level layer. The third level is now that I can do all that, how do I demonstrate proficiency at an expert level so that I'm the exemplar at communication? So that every written, verbal, all of my nonverbal communications are exemplary. That's all proficiency-based. It's on-the-job learning activities that are checked off by an expert at that. So the other thing that we're building is a little bit of motivation into our development path. So if I'm, I'm developing the competency of communication and I go through all of these levels, I'll get a micro-credential. So then I'll be credentialed as an expert in communication. That does a couple of things. One is that it allows people to be recognized as an expert at that competency. The second is that now that they're at the expert level, they can help us by either teaching or facilitating some type of activity that we have at that 100 and 200 level. So it really allows us to scale, even though we're only a team of three, it allows us to scale our, cap our capabilities as a team beyond that. Once they have all of those capabilities, I'm sorry, all of the competencies within a capability, then they get certified in that capability. So then they become the expert for that one capability, which means I've got the micro-credentials for all four competencies. So I've said a lot. I was just wondering if you have any questions, Nancy, or if anyone has um, typed anything in chat or anything. Uh, you're muted. Yeah. You no, I'm not. No. I'm just trying to be polite with uh, any background noise. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm sure people do have questions, maybe um, how to get started and yeah. how, do you, how do you know when, you know, how do you know if the, if the competency supports the capability? Is it what process did you use? And then also yeah. I was thinking maybe um, if anyone might be interested, if you had any resources that you could share with them on how to get started, but yeah, I'll let you answer those questions. Yes, and okay, so first for getting started, this was a um, um, kind of like a homegrown type of approach. So I kind of built it based upon my knowledge of how to, how to develop effective research. So it has to be um, valid and reliable are the standards that they use in, in designing experiments. And so I wanted to stick as close to a research methodology as I could. So in getting started, it was, I saw the need, first of all, because we didn't have an infrastructure. And that's really the first step is, is this something that would be needed by your organization and help you as either a learning or an OD part of the organization, um, help your leaders develop their ability to contribute to the successful outcomes of the organization. Once you know that it's needed, then at that point, um, for me, it was basically do it and then ask for forgiveness later if I need to. I knew it was the right thing to do for us. Mm -hmm. And I knew the methodology that I wanted to use was a blend between the research that was already in existence, which there really wasn't much, and um, the research methodology of, of field research. So do, using the focus groups aggregating the data, 
Um, I can share an article on how to do an effective thematic analysis, but it's quite dense. Yeah. So a little bit of a hard read, but I'll definitely share that with you. You can put that in the in the notes or send it out to your followers. Um, and then it was just basically scheduling the meetings and meeting with each of the leadership teams. <clears throat> um, one of the things I do have to say is that this was rather easy for me, even though actually what's funny is I was doing this during COVID. So it was at like the tail end of COVID when I was actually uh, released from my cage and able to go out to our regions again because we were kind of locked down as a healthcare organization um, and have these meetings. I wanted to do them face-to-face, -face, so I waited until I was able to go out to the regions. The reason it was easy was because of all the groundwork that I had laid in terms of developing um, productive work relationships and credibility with the leadership teams of each region. Right. Um, if that's absent, then they're not going to welcome you into their homes. Right. I was wondering how long did it take you to get from the very beginning to where you're at now? So where I'm at now is on April 5th, we have a leadership meeting where I'll be rolling it out. Excellent. And it was only three short years. Okay. Now, and part then, of do you already have the, how did, did you, do you already have the training developed as well for each of the competencies? We do have a, a library of classes for staff development and for leadership development. And what we're doing is realigning those with the competencies. So we're going to be mapping them. And we're going to be redoing a lot of the classes to focus on our new framework um, of the foundational piece and then the unique experience piece, the second level, and then the expert level. So we do have a lot of work to do there. Uh, we're also going to be rolling this out in um, phases. So the first phases, um, every quarter, we're going to roll out the model, of course, but every quarter, we're going to focus on one capability because there's four, four mm -hmm. quarters. It just made sense to do that. And that way, we'll be developing content for that quarter just for the, the, competency, the four competencies within that capability. I so was wondering, are you tying? I hate to interrupt, but no, I was no. wondering, I was wondering, are you tying this in any way to um, your performance uh, feedback discussions uh, in terms of career development? Yes. So we are also redoing our performance management process here. Okay. And one of the things we're, that we're doing is switching to more of a goal-oriented process. You know, one of the things that makes healthcare unique is the level of compliance that one needs to reach. We have many, many different industries within our system, within a healthcare organization, they all have many industries. So you have pharmacy, you have um, nuclear medicine, you have outpatient surgery, you have emergency, you have finance, a huge finance organization, um, all these different types of organizations within the system. And so, um, what we're really going to be focusing on is, is more of a goal-based approach. And there's going to be two different types of goals in our process. One is performance goals. So everyone at all times will have two to three performance goals. They'll meet on a consistent basis with their leader to determine how are they progressing towards or have they achieved those goals. The other type of goal is a development goal. And that's where they go to the capability model. If I'm a leader, 
then this capability model applies to me regardless of my level of leadership. Um, and that's the other thing about the model is that it democratizes training because what really matters is your proficiency, not your level in the organization. So if one of my employees is a frontline leader and she is really, really good at building trust, and I'm just starting off. I've done it and I'm okay, but I really need to learn the foundations of trust. She might be working on the second level where I'm still working on the first level, even though she reports to me. So in terms of the tie to the performance management process, when I go to develop that, that development goal that's in my performance review, um, I'm going to take a look at this model. I'm going to see which capability should I work on first, which would be most important and impactful in my work. And then within that capability, which competency do I focus on and how do I need to develop that competency? Michael, it's, I'm sorry, the time went so fast. It's already 12, 16. We've been talking almost uh, 20 minutes, but just to kind of wrap it up, what would be, you know, what would be your, you know, anything else you would want to say to everybody about using a capability model and tying it to a competency model. Uh, and maybe yeah. there's, we could have another discussion about it. If everyone would like to learn more, you and I could meet again. There's a lot of other layers. Um, first of all, I think what's most important is that there's agreement among all levels of leaders that this is what great leadership looks like at your organization. And that's why on when we roll out the model, it's not me rolling it out. Our CEO is going to roll it out with my support because it shouldn't just be a training initiative or an OD initiative. This is a leadership initiative that I'm supporting. Even though I created the whole concept and the model, this is something that I and my team are supporting, but this is our CEO and our COO will be rolling it out. Thank you, the, the other yeah. thing is in terms of rolling it out, um, don't try to boil the ocean. So phase it out. It's going to take multiple years because this is really about change management. You're changing leaders' perception of what a leader is. And you know, as OD practitioners, that change doesn't come easy. And so Excellent. it's a multi-year initiative. Thank you so much, Michael. And I think that people are really going to realize what their role is in the field of OD and how to help change be successful, like you said, by you know involving the leadership team and helping and making them realize that they actually own the process and we're there to help them. So I really appreciate your time today and I appreciate all the knowledge that you shared with us. It's very valuable. Uh, and thank you again so much, Michael. Oh, you're very welcome. All right, we look forward to talking to you again soon. Sounds great. Thanks, everybody, for joining the podcast, and we look forward to having you in our next podcast.